to Stand Up Memories, another episode. I'm Peter Bales. Right there is Jackie the Joke Man Martling. And right there is Danny McKenna, the legendary manager of Rascals Comedy Club, the place for comedy in the 80s and 90s in West Orange, New Jersey. Every comic came through there. And they all still rave about it. When I run into people, and so often people say, what's your favorite place to work? And you know you work a lot of places and a lot of you know clubs and theaters are great and blah blah blah. But that big rectangular box with 400 people in it was heaven yeah. on earth. Patty Rossborough said, you know, you had the low ceilings, you had the audience right there in front of you. you if you the were hitting, seating, it, you, you know, you were, the, it just popped. It popped. It, did. it popped. The, 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 the acoustics were perfect. The low ceiling is necessary for a comedy club. What a terrific place! But and they were relatively behaved. You but, know? you know, everybody who goes to a comedy club practically thinks it's always smooth, everything's smooth. Danny, I was there sometimes, you were always there when things went wrong. Oh, yeah. I was at a, a show there opening for a soap opera star where it can't go more wrong than this. Walt Willie was from what show? What was that? General Hospital? General Hospital, or just, just he, one of those soap I opera shows. I remember when that first happened, when the soap opera star yes. yeah. infiltration i'm like still going talk talk about still a going. prop Lin comic linda rowe linda rowe is still doing oh yeah linda no rowe probably doing better than any of us and and they will get a 90 percent female audience and the 400 seat room was packed and i was enjoying myself i was the opening act i went up and i had a great time and i got a note from danny to keep going uh, no explanation just keep going and I kept going, and I, I was up over 30, and uh, then I got a note, take a break, and say we'll be coming back in a few minutes with Walt, we'll take Willie, take a break. And you never take a break at a comedy show, because it breaks all the momentum. You, you got my interest peaked here. Okay, oh, take is, a break. Unbelievable. And uh, Danny can pick it up here, because I, I got off stage and I said to Danny, what's going on? And you right. said, let me, take my, let me take my guesses before you say. <laughs> Either he was in the back room with a girl and her husband caught them, or no. he didn't show up, or he was passed out drunk, or he was lost. No, he was still filming at General Hospital in the city, and they weren't letting him off the set until they kept rolling, until they ended. Wow. Okay? And Roger Paul was his manager back then, and he's sitting in the room and said he's not coming. And I'm looking at Roger Paul going, you're a dead man. Do you understand me? You're a dead man. I go, I didn't say it to him, but my mind was going, I don't care if you've got to get a helicopter into New York and into West Orange. Get that you're, man you're, here. you're bringing him here. I got 400 well, women that just got... paid a lot of money and had dinner. You know? <laughs> I, you better get him here. And of all people, Mark was calm. Mark was going, Mark not, the owner was not calm. Coming. Danny was pretty freaked. So I piped the system into Walt Willie on the telephone telling the woman out in the audience that he's sorry he's not going to be there. But they're laughing, thinking it's comedy. He's going to pop right, out right. of he's going to pop. Oh. And, I, and I got on the phone with him. I go, they're not believing you. You're going to have to tell them again. And next thing you know, they turn, and then we go to. Yeah, Danny <laughs> says, you got to go back up there. Ah! <laughs> and tell them. Tell them, because they think it's this phone call is a joke, and he's backstage. So I had to go up and say, no, this is real. He's really not going to be here. You're going to get your money back. But Did you say the good news is I'm not going to do my 30 minutes again? <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, Show is over, man. That was I'll, it. I'll never forget this. As long as I live, I gave them the bad news, and there was lots of ooing, and it was very uncomfortable. I got off the stage, started walking toward the back. 
and a 300-pound angry woman grabbed me by the lapels, pulled me into her face, and said, I am going to beat the shit out of her. <laughs> Blaming me. Hey. I, listen. I'm, I, I'm still not recovering. When that whole thing just started, there was a place that I used to, I recorded my uh, album Hot Dogs and Donuts there, and I made so much money. It was called the Comedy Palace. It was not a palace. Uh, you know, they had one of those roll-up signs. It would be tonight, Jackie the Joke Man Martling, roast beef. You know, it was co-headlining, <laughs> roast beef. And it was like, a, you know, a, a place that they had weddings, whatever. But it was huge, and they had a lot of rooms, and it was really, and I loved the guy, Ron, and I would, they, I worked the smaller room, but it was like 350 people, and made so much money, and he made so much money, and the audience was crazy great. But in the bigger room, they had just started that crap where they'd have like four soap opera people. Yeah. And he said, Jackie, you would not believe these soap opera shows. He said, I literally have to take some seats out because the women are so huge and fat. I know I'm not supposed to say fat. Plump. Zoftic. These big pigs. He said, I had to take seats out because these girls, was, women were so huge. And he said, when they pull in a parking lot, you can look out and see them taking off their wedding rings and putting it in the glove compartment. Oh. So, I mean, he said, it's just not believable. Girls used to come up to me during seating, okay? And literally, not without exactly saying it, but saying, I'll do anything you want for a closer seat. She'll take me in the back room right now just for a closer seat. And how many times did you? <laughs> I was like, I just couldn't <laughs> do One girl, she was sitting like directly in the front. She was hyperventilating in front of the guy. And I had to go up to him and go, ma'am, you, you can't be sitting there doing this. I, I got to take you out of here. And here's everybody you breaking know? their balls their whole lives to come up with a decent act. And these guys are just... And, and at the well, same time, comedy tickets were only about 20 bucks. We got $60 a head wow. for these people. And it sold out faster than Dicer Kennison. Show, I had shows. a woman uh, hyperventilate in front of my show right <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. But it turned out <laughs> it, was a, it was a heart attack. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, she wasn't impressed. It was real. Yeah. It, was, it was real. I love, at Rascals, the show must go on. And this moment is frozen in time. I swear this is true. I was on stage for 15 people okay. when I heard the cheers upstairs from the television when Bill Buckner let a baseball yeah. go through his legs right. and the Mets pulled out that playoff game. And Bills took a bow. I, <laughs> I was virtually alone and people ran upstairs to see what I, was going on and it was just... What was even funnier than that, we had a show going on when OJ was driving the car down the highway and 200 people from the room, instead of watching the comedy show, went to watch the TVs upstairs. I know it was on wow. TV and I don't know whether, I'm, I can't remember whether it was before I went on or after I went on, but all the people were at the bar because that car chase lasted a <laughs> yes. long, long time. Yes. You know. At 30 miles an hour. What was there to see? The show you must know. go on. You know, what did you I, do? I mean, the whole thing with Will Smith, people are like, oh, he had one bad day. I'm like, well, so did OJ. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one bad day. <laughs> did you actually have times when the headliner didn't show? What do you do when there's 400 people? I... Headliner is late. The headliner uh, is drunk. I mean, you must have had, you must have seen everything. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I had small shows where Otto just didn't show. Yeah. 
Well, you learn pretty quick to make sure those, the other guys have enough, you know. You know, Otto didn't work at Rascals for quite some time, like never, because of the stories Be of him not showing. We, could, we George, couldn't take that chance. Otto and George, the legendary no. ven uh, ventriloquist, the late Otto and George, uh, the comedian's comedian, uh, people still talk about him, but he was not exactly no. reliable. No, but when His we act did... was so dirty, but the fact he was so dirty isn't why he didn't get booked more. It was because... He was too undependable. And me and him always bonded because we were the ones that were too dirty to work. But I had in my favor that I showed up, you know. <laughs> Sometimes the audience, it was questionable whether they were glad I was there or not, but at least I was there. No, but when we finally did book him, every show that we ever booked, he never hurt us once, never. He worked there on a regular basis, and we usually use him like on a Wednesday night and still sell up to 300 tickets on yes. a Wednesday night. Yes, yes, yes. You know, um, character. Yeah. You guys were brilliant with Jackie Mason. You used to, oh, we'll tell you would open a Jackie Mason show on a Tuesday, that would sell out, then you'd go to Wednesday and go all he, the way. He would do Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays, okay? But here's talk about taping a show. He used to want me to tape his show also, okay? And listen to what he did to me one night, and I wanted to kill this guy. It's a big club. He, he's, uh, I'm taping every single show, and when he walks past me in the hallway after the show's over, I take the tape, I go, you want the tape? He goes, no, I don't want it. Now this happened. This is, this is audio tape. Yeah, it was on a cassette. I used to tape every sh every show that he did. So one night the, the machines broke down. Now mind you, I've taped ten or fifteen shows at this point and went to the hand him the tape every single time, and he goes, "No thanks, but I don't want." This is for it. his own perusal, not correct, to, not free. Right. No, no. And I'd go to hand him the tape, and he goes, "No, I don't want it." So all of a sudden he's there one night, and my tape deck broke down, and he comes to me ten minutes before the show, and he says, "You taping the show?" And I said, no, Jackie, my tape deck broke down. I can't tape tonight. What do you mean you can't tape tonight? He says, oh. my machines broke down. And he walks back into the green room and he takes a seat and he goes, I'm not going on. I'm not going on. He's serious. There's 400 people in the room. It's 10 minutes away from showtime. And he never used an opener. He just went up there cold all the right, time. Right, right, right. And he's going, I'm not going on. <laughs> this guy going. And he's dead serious. He is not going on because I can't record the show. So what happened? I had to take a bouncer who lived close by, and the <laughs> bouncer ran down to his house and got one of those little handheld recorders. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I taped the but, whole but, album. But is that nerve coming from that guy, oh, or know. what? I mean, I, and prior to this, I never had a bad rapport with him whatsoever. There's you know? no story I could hear about him that I wouldn't believe. You know, he saw that I was making a, an album at the East Side, and he said he wanted me, and I said, hey, we could do an album for you. And we did a whole album with him, and... Uh, I, I recorded an album and cut it up and produced it and everything, and then whoever was putting in the money, whatever happened, it just didn't go anywhere. I mean, I, I still have it. It was called Election 80, and it was about Carter, recorded at the East Side, which is, Jackie Mason's stuff was always his act yeah. with whatever flavor inserted. You know, either his stand-up, his one-man Broadway show or Election 80 or whatever, and always funny and always great. But he was he was so odd, you know, and he, he, he was he was swarthy. Well, listen to what he did to me one night. There was a problem where his manager definitely messed up, okay? And she's trying to blame me. And this is going on in front of Jackie. Like the date or the money? Uh, or? No, it was a, a, a tape that I was supposed to have playing during seating, okay? And she's telling me that she told me about the tape she wanted to play. And I says, no, you didn't. You didn't. You asked me to send you a copy of the tape, which I sent you a copy of the tape. Now, Jackie's listening to all this, and she's, she's trying to save her own ass. Right, right, and right. And putting me in the bad spot. Yeah. 
and I don't like the fact that she's lying because she's lying to save her own ass. And I said, no, no, it didn't happen that way, right? Now, this is going on and on, and the show's starting soon. I go, you know something, McKenna? Just just take, be the fall guy. Right, just be right. the fall guy. My fault. So, so I said to the manager, I went, you're right, it's my fault. And Mason looks at me and goes, so now you're telling me you're a liar? I was <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you can't win. You gotta, gotta win. He was, you know? he was joking, or was he serious? No, he was serious. He was serious. He was serious. Now you're telling me you're a liar? Like, now, you just... I, you, we probably did this story already on this show, but when he wanted to do that election 80, uh, we decided we're gonna help him write some stuff. And so me and Barry Mitchell and Minavini and I think some other guys went to his apartment on Park Avenue. He was on the second floor. And we're sitting there, which, and we're in this for 10 minutes as comics, and we're writing with Jackie Mason, which is a pinch me moment on any level. And he's sitting in a chair, and we're sitting there, and I came up with some line or some joke. We're pitching, you know, spitballing. And I said something, and he said, you just thought of that? You just thought of that? I said, yeah, we're sitting there coming. He said, that joke, that was your idea right now? You just thought of that in your head? I'm like, yeah, he goes, you, my friend, are a genius. You are a genius. And I can still remember sitting there going, I'm in this six months and Jackie Mason's called me a genius. Yeah. You, my friend, are a genius. That's unbelievable. That's such a great joke. You are a genius. And I'm so full of myself. Was, I think we should get something to eat. We'll go to the deli. Come on, let's go. We get up and we, the elevator is an old building. So it's got the lattice that you pull back and the door yeah, yeah. opens and you get in. Yeah. And the, the elevator operator, and he closes the lattice and closes the door and pushes the button and takes us down to the first floor. And as the door opens, Mason turns the elevator around and says, you just brought us down here from up there. You, my friend, are a genius. How great is that? So how nice was it to work with Pat Cooper? Uh, it was, that was a pisser. He was, yeah, he, he was a sharp guy. And I got a really funny story about him. He's still sharp as a tack. There was a country club in the area that was always offering two grand to have a comic on their comedy night during the summer. They weren't asking for anybody's name. They were just asking for, they were giving two grand. Right. Okay? And I used to get the best guys. Gavin, I got to do it. You know, all these people I got to do it year after year. And one day I just called Cooper and I go, Pat, you want to do this thing? It's $2,000 on a Thursday night. You cross the river. I'm Pat Cooper. I'm on the Howard Stern Show. What do you mean $2,000? I go, Pat, they're not asking for you. I'm asking you, do you want $2,000 to cross the river? Who wouldn't take $2,000 on a, on a Thursday night? Right. I, and he's screaming at me going, I'm Pat Cooper. You know how much money I get? For, he says, 4000 check or 3000 cash. I go, it's only 2000 Pat. That's all it is. Take you wanna, it. We want to leave it. Now, now. He calls me the next day. So what's the score? What's the story with that gig? <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, it's two thousand. But I'm Pat Cooper. Here we go again, right? So but he called you. Yes, he <laughs> called me. And then then he goes, oh, I'm just looking at my calendar. He goes, I'm working in Pennsylvania that night, right? He goes, oh, I can't even do it. He goes, I'll tell you what though. He goes, they're gonna give me a check for four thousand. You give me three thousand cash, I'll cancel them to you. <laughs> it was just a country club gig, is all it was, you know. But no, he was fun to work with, though. Super he, nice. He, he was. He was, he was backstage. A yeah. Couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. Pat Cooper. So, and he was such a wild man on the Stern Show. He's, he's still alive, right? Huh? Yes, he's yeah. still alive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Funny stories about him. Uh -huh. But um, he would go so nuts on the Stern Show, 
Everybody's like a little frightened, but he'd look over at me and Fred and he'd wink. Yeah. You know, because, he was, you know, it's like, yeah, he know. you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm breaking chops here, you know, but he'd be like, great acting and the energy, you know, he's like 93, but I think he's going to live to be 150. Like he, he's a, comes from the Bob bricklayer, Hope. bricklayer stock, you know, Italian bricklayer stock. He just know? loves what he's doing every single day. That'll, that'll make you look And longer. had a famous falling out with Frank Sinatra, correct? Yeah, you know, with everybody, you know. Well, he also, I think it talked about it on Howard a lot. His kids tried to sue him for using, when Pat Cooper used to talk about his comedy. Talk about his, his family. His family. Yeah, that was yeah. a whole And his crazy. kids tried suing him because wow. they got used in his act. Which and is, he, that's just his life, you know. But the thing was that Pat actually said on Stern, he goes, it had nothing to do with my kids, really. I'm just telling a comedy story and using kids as material. Right. It wasn't about they, them whatsoever. They were fishing, Absolutely. You know, but Absolutely. a lot of weird stuff went down. He wound up you know, alienating his entire family or vice versa, depending how you look at he, it. Basically, he told a story where when they got divorced back when, which is a long time ago, um, the wife pitted the kids against him. Okay. He used to send letters and everything to the kids, and she'd rip them up and throw them in the garbage right. and never gave them to the kids. Wow. Which sounds weird, but wow. I, I okay. know so many people you know, the, the the father sent Christmas gifts yeah. to the kids yeah. and the wife would throw them in the garbage yeah. and say, oh, I guess your father forgot about you. Yeah. you know, hell out no fury. I know? love that, that he was winking at you. He's going crazy on Stern, but he's winking at you to let you know. To let I me know and what Fred know. Right, right. And I, me and Fred would laugh from the... I'll tell you the organ. historical parallel of that. I'm sorry, here comes the history. Patton used to go crazy in front of his men, and his ad adjutant said to him, his assistant said to him, do you really mean that? Are you really going crazy like that? And Patton essentially said, it's not important that they know. It's important that I know. Same thing. Well, I did it with um, right, right, Lewis right. Black. Me and Lewis Black were at the bar drinking downstairs. Everybody was gone except the waitresses. And uh, some fired waitresses wound up coming in. And I went completely berserk, I mean, out of my mind. They shouldn't oh. even be coming in the building. And they come downstairs right. to hang with the other waitresses. And it's me and Louis Black just hanging at the bar, having some drinks. And I go completely out of my mind, completely losing, <laughs> screaming, yelling, get the fuck out of here. And as soon as I was done, I walked over to Louis. I went, Louis, you need another drink? <laughs> and, and he's like this, Danny, <laughs> what was that? I go, what was what? He goes, did you just have a mental breakdown? I no, think it's just business. I, <laughs> I think a lot of comics would compare you to Patton when you were policing <laughs> around, without a doubt. Oh, I want to hear. I want to hear so much more about stuff that went on, stuff that went wrong, stuff people said. Uh, these were stand-up memories. Perfect uh, way to describe it. This this has been a terrific show. Uh, this has been Danny McKenna from Rascals Comedy Club in New Jersey. And, of course, Jackie the Joke Man Martling. I'm Peter Bales. We're, we're going to do more of this. So And a shout-out to the owners of Rascals Comedy Club, the Flying Magnuson Brothers, which were who were all amazing. They were. And we'll see you next week. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? It's starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? MeSpace? MySpace? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do da, do da. <laughs> <laughs>